how sweet it is. The Preds have swept the Chicago Blackhawks once again on the season and are now temporarily in a playoff spot. How about that? This is episode 31 of the Catfish on Ice podcast, part of the Hockey Podcast Network and presented by DraftKings. This is Chad Benton, joined by Rich Howe and Colin Blue. We're your hosts, and we are really pumped about tonight's episode because the Preds have won five in a row, and we all know what that means, right, guys? Yes, sir. That little bet came up with. I don't know whose idea that was, but I'm starting to really – we're going to have to go back and check the tape on that one. Yeah, I, I, think I, I think it might have been me. I'm going uh, to accept fault for that. I feel like all I have to do is give it a mustache. I feel bad for you all. Hey, more than perfect you, timing. You got, I'm wearing the welcome to Stashville. You, you guys have had two guys it out. It can be more perfect than now. Uh, made by So Nashville. Uh, awesome that they did that shirt for us. Great shirt. Um and it's perfect tonight because we have to go full on mustache because the Preds have won five in a row. Uh, we're going to talk later in the episode. We're going to kind of keep you hooked <laughs> on that. Later in the episode, we're going to actually lay out the full rules on how this is going to work. But we will all be going full mustaches in honor of Philip Forsberg, Ellie Tolvanen, the entire mustache uh, thing. We're going to go full on with it with the bet because the Preds have won five in a row after beating the Chicago Blackhawks last night. So yep. we're going to round out the episode with that. But we're also going to get into – we're going to talk about the sweep a little bit. we got to get into that. The Preds have swept the Blackhawks for the second time this season. Uh, I, I always say this, death, taxes, and beating the Chicago Blackhawks on NBC Sports Network. That's <laughs> what the Preds do. That's what the Preds do. And so, uh, yeah, so the Preds have won seven out of eight now, five in a row overall. Amazing. So we're on the Chicago sweep. And we're going to talk about what is fueling this hot streak. And we're going to get into, is some of this hype overblown? Should we bring the temperature in the room down a little bit? Are we a little bit of prisoners of the moment right now? We're going to go around the room and talk about that. And then we're going to uh, also get into the trade deadline. We've been talking about it for weeks now. It's finally right here where stuff's going to start moving. And the Preds can't be in a more weird situation right now because of this win streak. So we're going to talk about our strategies. How much has our strategies changed? What should David Poyle do? Should he change what he was thinking three weeks ago? Something tells me he is. I mean, I I wish I could climb in that guy's brain right now because I do not envy what he's going through to make these decisions. So we're going to go really full into that. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the bet. So you guys ready to go into it? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Always. always. So we're we're brought to you by DraftKings. Go get the top-rated DraftKings sportsbook app use that promo code thpn and go bet on some college basketball with march madness turn your one dollar bet into a hundred dollar winnings hundred to one odds all you gotta do is bet on the college basketball team of your choice and you will win a hundred dollars on a one dollar bet awesome trade go do that go get the DraftKings sportsbook app have a lot of fun with that use our promo code thpn and so the Preds just swept the Blackhawks. They're 4-0 against the Blackhawks this season. I went into the weekend thinking the Preds were going to split with the Blackhawks. And what do you know? They go out. How about how about last night's game? The Blackhawks stormed back. They tied it at two. And the Preds showed that resiliency um, and figured out a way to win. 
And then on Saturday night's game, I know UC Soros was once again unbreakable. The guys on a hot streak. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna let Colin open things up. Talk about the sweep. Talk about the biggest things you pulled from the sweep this weekend over yeah. Chicago. I mean, the biggest thing I think is you know the, the goaltending hot streak kind of continues, especially for UC Soros, who's been unreal. Um, you know, you look at his numbers, and he's got. I think it was like four goals, four goals versus 171 shots on goal, which is insane. I mean, he's got uh, a 9.75 uh, save percentage. Mm-hmm. That, that that's best in the league in that in that stretch of time. Um, even better than guys like Vasilevsky and all those guys. So it's just he is a, he came back like a man on fire, and that's awesome to see. Even Pecorino though, in spot duty, you know, he came up where he needed to. I mean, there were some two, there were two goals that happened yesterday, but it really wasn't his fault. Um, they're just good goals by Debrinket, who you know I say just can just suck it, but you know <laughs> it, it's a it is what it is. You know he still he played a great game, uh, twenty seven save, really a solid effort. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me that I, that really stood out is the consistency we're starting to see with the lineup. I think that's something that's really important to the team, um, especially when it comes to being the Blackhawks. Like we saw it, but we also saw the puck luck has, sh- has shifted. I wouldn't say it's fully shifted in the Preds' favor. We haven't gotten like really crazy fluky goals. But we haven't seen as many of those fluky goals as like we did early in the season where it's like, that shouldn't go in. And it's really those type of situations. So that's that's nice. But at the same time, we've seen some more like textbook, almost like just cleaner looking offense in terms of the goal scoring. Like Ryan Johansson's goal was just a nice feed from Tolvin in, you know, behind behind mm-hmm. the net. Arvidsson put it out there and, and Ryan Johansson didn't do anything crazy. He just put it didn't he put it back in the back of the net. So that was awesome. You know, Rocco was on a hot streak, five goals in two games uh, is amazing. Uh, his goal was solid, and then Mikhail Granlin, same thing. Of um, just put, you know, Luke kind of put it on his tape, and he put it in the back of the net. And so, it's good to see that kind of stuff happening. Uh, you know, for us, especially to see just sound goal scoring, things that are you know we're starting to see some consistency in the lines. Dare, I think that really helps. Dare I dare I say that the majority of this team is playing like they might be playing for a contract somewhere else? Maybe they're playing for mm-hmm. future roster spots. Like I see a lot of desperation out of this team. You know, and sometimes, I, sometimes playing out of desperation can be a bad thing, but I think it's actually helping this team right now. They know that they're up against a wall, and they're playing like they know that it's do or die time. Well, and that's what even Roman Yossi said is that you know guys are starting to learn their role and they know what their role is, and they're settling in. I think we're seeing more team hockey. Really, is is what we're seeing because guys are are not trying to overdo things, not trying to you know. I think Victor Arvidsson is kind of taking a step back, but also understood like. He, he's acknowledged that he's not trying to do more than what he can, what he's capable of as far as right now goes versus, you know, what he did you know, a couple of years ago. So uh, I think it's just guys knowing their role, but I mean, honestly, even if the guys are playing for, you know, other roster spots or really we have a lot of RFAs coming up or even yeah, UFAs coming up. Like I think realistically, like if that's what they're doing, it gives us value for them. I mean, it helps us out if we're going to be, we'll get into about you know, what we're going to do later on in the season, if we're going to be soft sellers or not, but it helps the franchise out. So that's kind of where, where I'm at with that. What'd you, what'd you pull out of the weekend, Rich, uh, the sweep over Chicago? Just that UC Soros is like some kind of Finnish god. I don't know. Like, <laughs> that, dude, like, that dude like came on all of a sudden, man, and he's just playing lights out. And everybody was a little sad when, you know, they found out that he wasn't going to play on Sunday. And I was like – And no Philip Forsberg. <laughs> yeah, and no Philip Forsberg. Don't be sad. You got Pecorine. So, you know, he stepped up to the plate. And like Colin said, he let in those two, but – you know, Chicago made their little run and like NBC Sports Network made it sound like they'd won the Stanley Cup or something. And uh, the captain, the captain man just came in, 
And, uh, okay. Vermont, I, let's awesome. let's break down awesome. this. I'm glad you brought, brought up that goal. So Preds are tied 2-2 uh, with the Blackhawks last night. Chicago has a lot of momentum going in their favor. They score two quick goals, tied it to. Very quick. You want to talk about the best tic-tac-toe hockey you can see? Absolutely. It, I mean, I can't – I can watch that goal, that play, not just the goal, but the play mm-hmm. on repeat like 100 times, and I will probably want to watch it another 100 times after that. Absolutely. That I was mean, very was, exciting. Boom, boom, boom. And he serve, serve it up to Roman Yossi on a silver platter, and he – poor Malcolm Subban had no chance. Uh, it was in Malcolm Subban. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's all a game, yeah. I'm not going to know what Malcolm Subban did. And everyone, you know, we perceive Malcolm Subban, he's going to give up four or five goals probably tonight. He really kept Chicago Blackhawks in that game. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was, that was one of the most beautiful goals we've seen all season from the Preds yeah. and Roman Yossi. Only his third goal of the season, but, I mean, served up to him. Great cool. team hockey. Team um, hockey. And another thing that's kind of buried in that, that goal is the fact that Tolvin got another assist. And so yeah. he's calling up the assist. I mean, that's he, he's five, doing it all. Five, yeah. five points in five games. Yeah, yep. I mean, he, he's he, he's second place in, in the NHL in rookies uh, in goals. And then he's first place in the, for the rookies in points. I mean, if he's not a Calder, you know, Calder Trophy winner, mm-hmm. I don't know who is. Because uh, he's just he's playing insane. We're going to have to keep an eye on it. And that's something that, I mean, Phil Forsberg was the last – Calder Trophy Preds player, really, like in the conversation to look at. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, over the last several seasons, the Preds aren't really a rookie heavy type of team. Yeah. But now we're seeing no. that these days, obviously. And Tolvanen definitely deserves to be in that conversation. No doubt about that. It absolutely um, does. So another thing about last night's game, which was a really exciting game was just the Preds just showing that resiliency, man. Like, they're not folding like they used to. They're not showing those lapses. Nope. You know, teams are going to go on the run. You know, the Blackhawks, they scored <laughs> twice really quick, tied it to. I feel like early season Preds would have let that get away quickly. I yeah. think they so, too. Given up the, they would have given up the go-ahead goal. It would have snowballed. And, you know, and so it's just like it's this team is definitely finding their identity. I know Colin has been – Beating the drum on this, this team doesn't have an identity. Dare we say the Preds have an identity now? I think that I mean I think they do. I, I, well, it's tough to say because there's so much in flux, right? So we don't know what's going to happen on nope. the trade deadline. We don't know what happens when guys return and get healthy, like Duchesne, like Ellis. But I mean, at the same time, like we're just we're just playing grittier team hockey, and it's nothing that's going to be flashy. It's not going to you're not going to see any of the goals from you know yesterday or even Saturday on sports. You might see the. Let me take that back. You're going to see probably the Yossi, the Yossi one, that kind of yeah, – that was good. And a highlight reel. But everything else, it's just – it's solid, you know, team hockey and guys playing well with their line mates, playing well within their pairings. Um, I mean, the rookies have stepped up the third pairing. People are – I don't get it. People are really harsh on Ben Harper. The guy is a rookie. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. relative, I guess. I mean, he played for – you know, he played for – what was it, Toronto for a little bit. But, yeah. you know, realistically, like, the guy is not played bad at all, especially on the third pairing. Um, you know, Alexander Carrier, Davies, like they've they've stepped up, and even Fabro, he had some mistakes yesterday, and I'll give him that. The guy's still twenty, what is it, twenty three? I think. Right. Like, we gotta give him time. I, I think that you know, realistically, the team is just they've been in this place where they're gonna win, and it's not gonna be pretty, but they're gonna win, and that's what that's what it takes is they are gritty and they're tenacious, and, and it's uh, it's up and down the roster. It's really yeah. up and down the roster. You're getting contributions 
from all over the roster, and it's a beautiful thing to see. Lines one through four, you're not seeing that top-heavy effect where it's like, okay, we, we got to have our top line carry us or we have no chance. No, you're for, seeing it from all over all the, the roster. That, and for so that's, long. Really, that's really what stands out to me in this – uh, in this hot stretch of hockey that we're seeing that I put this out there today. You go back three weeks ago to oh, this yeah. day, the Preds were getting ready to play the Tampa Bay Lightning on a stretch of losing six six of seven games. We were all like, sell the farm. Sell everyone off except for Phil Forsberg and Ellie Tolvin. And I'm pretty sure that's what people were saying. <laughs> So sell then, all the hot dog vendors, yeah. sell the Zamboni drivers, exactly. all of them yeah. gone. Even the, Zamboni driver, even the Zamboni driver was on the trade wire at that point. But, but not Paul McCann. But not Paul McCann. Not Paul McCann. Not McCann. Not or crazy cow. Can't, can't get rid of him either. But other than that, everyone was for sale. Three weeks later to right now while we're recording. And suddenly people are out there saying, maybe <laughs> we should be buyers. We're going to save that for the next segment. That's a tease. But still, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is what I think is really fueling this is you are getting contributions up and down the lineup. It's almost like you can look at the roster and pick almost each player on the team and say, that person's contributing, that person's contributing, that per like no one's really standing out as a massive liability on this team right now. Well, they all so know the role. And for so long, we, we, we you remember we relied on the Jofa line. That was like our thing for the longest time. And teams keyed in on it. And, and it's been dismantled because, you know, time is undefeated. And yep. then that second line with Duchesne and whoever else we put beside him, it was kind of like, okay, who's going to be the contributor on that? And now it's just there's more balance throughout the roster, like what you're saying. The fact that we roll out our first, our starting lineup is usually our fourth line, but there are tone yep. setters. The, the herd line with uh, Colton Sissons, who's been playing well. Uh, you know, Matthew Olivier, who's been awesome on the scene. Yakov Trenin's really coming into his own. But also, like, those guys, the reason they're the tone setters is because they're getting back to what Nashville is. Yeah. You know, hard, hard nose, like, in your face. They don't take you crap either. I mean, the drums you're seeing in front of the net. I mean, you saw it towards the end of last night's game. Right there at the end. Because we thought I had, I had a feeling. I was like, oh, did that, did that, did that puck cross the line? Like under the scrum, like I wasn't sure under the pile oh, yeah. what happened. Yeah, I was like, man, like I don't know if that snuck under the pads. I wasn't sure, but you saw this huge scrum. And oh, it was they're like, throwing hands. I mean, they're ready. Hockey, man. It was just like, and you see, you see these pred, all these guys on the preds are just like, we're done. We're pissed off. Yeah. We're done. We don't yeah, care that we've won four in a row, and we're. Like they, it's almost like they don't even realize they're playing so well. They're just still pissed off. They still have something to prove. They're playing with chips on their shoulders. That's what we love to see as fans, right there. Is pissed yeah. off hockey players. Yeah, like you know Olivier and Trenton, man. Those are two big boys you don't want to go messing with. And like last year, what did we have to trot out if there was a what well, they would send oh, okay. Austin Watson? They'd send Austin Watson out, and he'd lose another fight. He'd get in a couple of good licks and then lose a fight. It's not about fighting. We're not even talking about fighting necessarily. Winning fights. No, just yeah, just don't win hockey games. We like, but to it's see just it. that. It's just that grit, though. It's setting the tone, is I think yeah. what we're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, those guys. That those, tone. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. Last year, the Predators got pushed around a little bit. Well, a lot, really, in my opinion. And as long as I've known you, as long as I've known you, Rich, um, you've always said the Preds are getting away from this physical brand of hockey. And it, it's so to your credit, you've been calling this for a while. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I think and yeah, so the Preds are getting back to that physical nature. We saw it over the weekend against Chicago and we've seen it all throughout this, 
uh, yeah. winning streak. Yeah, yeah. they just—they're not going to let anybody push them around anymore, and that's—that's that's what we want to see. Well, another thing. So, let, let, so uh, the, the Preds just beat the Blackhawks twice. They're officially in a playoff spot as of right now. There's no Central Division games going on tonight as we're recording. So uh, the Preds are going to hold that fourth playoff spot going into their next game against the Dallas Stars, which will be tomorrow night. Or if you're listening uh, on the podcast version of this, then you, uh, tonight, <laughs> if you're listening this tomorrow morning, we appreciate you downloading the podcast. Uh, tonight, the Preds play the Dallas Stars to try to move further up the ladder as they're doing that. But uh, now let's get into our next segment. Again, this is the Catfish and Ice podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN and get in on the March Madness action by using our promo code and winning some money on an easy bet. Bet on your favorite team. Bet on one of your teams that are still left in the tournament and win $100. Easy. Easy money. Easy money. Real real quick. Fuel this hot streak. Real quick. Landry Agnes put on here that one hot dog vendor is sketchy. When I said get rid of the hot dogs, hot yeah. Dogs. So yeah, yeah we got Mike Twitter's on here too. So we got well, Landry and Mike. Landry's right. Uh, there's that one hot dog vendor that we're not going to name. That's super sketchy. <laughs> we're we're going to go ahead and, we're gonna go ahead and uh, trade that uh, hot dog. That's right. Not going to name. We're going to go ahead and uh, trade that person to Chicago. That's right. Shout out to Landry and Mike Twitter. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and let that hot dog vendor know that uh, their next their next gig is gonna be at the United Center. We should uh, tweet yeah. out that we we've traded the hot dog uh, hot dog vendor to be named later for future assets. That's right. That's what they big trades. They always call it future assets. That's right. Yes. All right. All right. So what has fueled this hot streak, guys? I mean, I know there's multiple things. There's not one thing. I'm gonna start off with mine, and I think it's it's kind of obvious, but it's also something that we can't look over. And it's, it's just a product of how you get hot at the right time in hockey, and it is consistent, solid goaltending. Yep. And we have two of them. Yeah. We don't just yep. have one. We have two. And so, I mean, yeah, really given any of the night, like it doesn't matter who's starting. I mean, obviously, UC is playing insane, so you're, I don't think that's your guy. I, I would still rather have Saros in over Pekka. Yeah. But yeah. still with Pecorino in, in that, you're like, okay, like we can still win a game. Like that, that's not that's mm-hmm. not a, a sense for like, okay, if like let's say, you know, a lot of Chicago, the pundits are saying, Alcom Zubans in, we'll see how this goes. Like exactly. with Pekka, it's like with Pekka, we're not like that. We're like, okay, if Pekka's starting, like we still got a chance, just fine. That's all right. You're not going yeah. from goaltender one to goaltender two and feeling like, oh man, this is a huge drop off here. We're yeah. we're in a lot of trouble. It's like one A to one B. The only thing about Soros is we need to figure out why he gets slow starts at the beginning of the season. Like we've always known that about him. It's, it's so started. weird. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not something you want in a franchise goaltender for sure. No. Because it doesn't give you a lot. Once you do get into a playoff situation, the last thing you want is having a streaky goaltender. Cause if mm-hmm. that goaltender decides to go into one of their uh, droughts, you're yep. going to get smacked really quick. So yep. it works both ways. When you have yeah. a streaky, Center, it can work in your favor. You get that streaky goaltender right in time for the playoff push. You can go. To, you can find yourself in the Stanley Cup, and but I it works the other way too. And uh, unfortunately, I do feel like Soros is extremely streaky, and he's on yeah. a he's on one of those hot streaks, which is odd I mean, enough. Almost a year to this day, a little over is, now, right before the pause, he was on a similar hot streak. Well, I mean, I think hockey for Soros. 
he takes some time to get some some into a rhythm, I think, for the season too. So I think that's kind of where he's at. Even with being injured, he's still seeing it, watching the tape. He's still, you know, at the practices. So he's able to stay in that rhythm a little bit more. And so, you know, hopefully it keeps going. I think that one of the big reasons when we came back in the pause was there so much time between the, the mm-hmm. pause and then the actual restart in the bubble that that streak wore off. It was like basically having a new off season and we got early season sorrows is like yep. the best way to call it. So, you know, yep. barring anything else, especially even with the, then whatever the injury is, we hope he gets back soon and he's, he's healthy and well, but um, you know, hopefully he'll come back soon and be, you know, continue that streak. Cause the way he's playing, I mean, yep. if he, if he comes back like that and he can play for like that the rest of the season. Yeah. Just saying it's, it's going to be very, yeah. But the thing is he needs to, he needs to figure that out over the summer because if they, if Pecorino retires and whoever they get is his backup, he's going to have to like, be good from the beginning and like yeah. he can't he's just gonna have to start off hot and just finish that way so well i think a, a proper preseason will hopefully help that too but yeah yeah no, that's true you're actually and, right and let's talk about this too and it it has to do with having good goaltending uh the preds were a mess in fr- in front of uc soros and pecorine to open the season yeah. the penalty kill was a disaster there was no identity there was no defense there was no really solid defensive play they would have these like moments where they'd be kind of you know gritty and we liked what they saw liked what we were seeing but for the most part they had these snowball effects these lapses and you would just be shaking your head like what can you do if you're Soros Arena in this situation yeah. you're not seeing that now mm-hmm. now you're actually seeing this wall be built in front of their goaltender they're protecting their goaltender they're they're not taking the sloppy penalties penalties are going to happen but they're not taking the really bad ones yeah. they can, they can stop your momentum. Well, the thing is, I think we've also had some infusion on the power play with Ellie Tolvin, but then on the penalty kill as well. The mm-hmm. penalty kill unit has been, I mean, we're still, we dug ourselves Gradually. in such a hole. Well, yeah. we, we, we put ourselves in such a hole the early season that it's hard to get out of that hole as far as stat, stats go. But to hold the number two play, uh, penalty or power play team mm-hmm. in, the, in the league to zero goals on the power play last of the last two games, I mean, that's that's something. And part of it goes back to what Landry said in the comments here about you know, putting sticks in the passing lanes, but we've been able to pick them off in the offensive zone and stop their momentum. We're not letting them get set up as easily. Uh, we're not letting them get sustained offense. I think that's a huge part of it. That's not even the penalty kill. That's they're out just there are just our defensive possessions, yep. but it's, I think the younger guys are faster. The younger guys are hungrier. I know John Hines made the comment and took the line from uh, the Philadelphia Eagles that they use when they won the Super Bowl. but you know, the hungry dog runs faster and we're just seeing that. And especially with the, the youth of the moment, like, I mean, the, the 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 forwards are one thing. I think Ellie Tolvin is definitely the outlier. My biggest, I think, impact on the youth is is our defense with Ben Harper, with mm-hmm. Alexander Carrier, yeah. um, and we got you know guys with like Davies that can spot in and play solid. I mean, and realistically, like you know, you look at these guys that are as young as they are. We've got some embarrassments of riches, especially when you look at the taxi squad and guys that are still even just waiting for their chance. It's almost like man, they're chomping at the bit, and we're in a good position to to give them those opportunities. And the shots they are giving up are not those juicy, high-danger chances mm-hmm. as much as yep. they were giving up, which goes back to why uh, Soros and Rene are actually starting to play better is because they're actually getting better play in front of them. Again, it goes back to team hockey. The Preds yep. are playing team hockey up and down the lineup, yep. uh, and we're seeing consistency, <clears throat> uh, and we're seeing a team identity. And, John Hunt, you're not seeing a lot of shuffling of the lineup, which brings up a very interesting point. <laughs> what in the hell do you do with Matt Duchesne? Uh, I, uh, I mean, that, I mean that's really what's going to 
I would be I super of, hesitant. I would I be super hesitant to change anything. them off as quick as they can, but it's obviously not that simple. So it's really complicated because the fact that like okay, so Matt Duchesne, when he was you know before he got injured, he was playing pretty yeah. well. I mean, the hustle was there, the energy was there, and then Ryan Johansson comes back and he's playing much better before mm-hmm. the, compared to when he got injured. So it's like okay, what kind of Duchesne will we get back once we get back from injury? Is he going to be at the same level? Is he going to push no. Johansson? Because I think one of them you can't keep both. I don't think you can. And all it takes, and like this is not to bash Matt Duchesne at all, but here's the deal. You throw one player back into the lineup, a key player like Matt Duchesne, and for some reason it disrupts something, it messes up some chemistry, it shakes things up, you move those lines, uh, you take one player out, you put one player in, it's a very delicate situation. It is. I agree. I feel like like you have to put him in. You don't have to. But I feel like you're in a tough spot where you kind of feel like you need to put him in. And it's like, what? who do you take out? Where do you put him? How, how do you move the lines? It, it's I know everyone's grinding their teeth at how this is going to go. We're going to see yeah, another line salad. I mean, that's the thing because you can't take Johansson out either. And then, I'm honestly, like my favorite line this season so far still goes back to that Granlin centering Forsberg and uh, Tolvin in line. I thought yeah. that was a lot of fun. Yeah. If anything, I'd say maybe, okay, like, you know, let, let Duchesne center those two. But I think Forsberg and Tolvin work really well together. Um, I, I, it's, I, I kind of like a, a Duchesne yarn croak kind of, kind of line with uh, maybe someone else in there. Uh, maybe a Conan, maybe a Hala. You, 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 the, the, the tough part for me is like Colton Sissons has earned his spot too. Like, even on that fourth mm-hmm. line, like, Oh, I wouldn't season. move them at all. No, I think you keep the herd line together. That's probably one of our best chemistry. How do you lines. how do you how do you bench someone in this lineup right now when you're playing your best hockey? Uh, yeah. it, that, that's such a hard thing to deal with. So I, yeah. I just I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, we're about to see some uh, trades happen, most likely some sell offs. So that's going to shake it up well as well. That that if anything, that's what's going to open up a spot for Duchesne is he's going to fill in for whichever player gets traded away. He'll get rid of some if, of those one-year if, contracts. If and, on the yeah. I think we need to probably move away from some of these from the, from some of these short-term deals that we made over the offseason, if possible. Even though I think Eric Holla has really stepped up his level of play, yeah. I was pretty I was pretty hard on Eric Holla. Uh, just go back a few weeks ago, I was like, man, this ain't working out. This was a horrible move. But he's actually stepped up his level of play. But I would still move him if I could. And I think yeah. there will be some suitors out there for him. I still think that Cal Yarncroke is a very high probability of being traded away. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, hate, I, hate I know that hurts all of us. This dude, <laughs> you want to talk about a player who's really raised their trade value more mm-hmm. than anything, maybe even more so than Matias Ekholm, it's Cal Yarncroke. Yeah, I agree. So, well, he's, and he's, been, he's had a solid – I mean, the thing is, like, he – He's, we're seeing the goal production from Cal Yarnkirk, but he's had a solid season as far as he's not really created, you know, much of you know, many things that are like head shaking. Like, why are you doing this kind of plays? He's played solid games. It's just that he's now seeing it in the goal production standpoint. But I think like realistically, yeah, Yarnkirk has elevated his, his, his value. Hala, I think you kind of have to see, you know, where he goes and how, how that goes, especially with him and Granlin being best buds. Like Granny's a, a mm-hmm. UFA after this season. Like we're not, the value for them is not going to be any higher. And so, we can get into that piece here in a second. We can talk about what we do here with uh, this We're trade deadline looming. Yeah. More in-depth. Uh, yeah, Rich, Rich, do you have another thing uh, that's really fueled the hot streak, though, something that's, like, really just made the uh, switch flipped? 
Well, I think what we talked we we just been talking about is the consistency in the lines. I mean, he ran like six games in a row with the exact same lines, and we never saw that before. Like yeah. that's the first time that's happened all season, really. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Nothing makes me happier than when they release those lines and they hasn't he hasn't moved anybody out. But now, like you said, with these guys coming back, I feel like they're on the edge of a knife, like one way. Either either way, and it's going to go good or bad, and it's just a hard decision. And I wouldn't want to be in his shoes because, like you said, what do you do with the Shane? Like, do you, do you well, bench it's like, Luke, like Luke Cunning? So Luke Cunning got inserted into the lineup going into the Chicago yeah. weekend mm-hmm. series, and he put up three assists over yeah, the weekend. I mean, Luke Cunning's yeah. out there, you know, like he was another player where I'm like, all right, another offseason move that kind of yeah. didn't work out, and yeah. you just keep seeing these players respond. Uh, the players de- uh, the predators definitely have a lot of uh, trade capital to work with here. They've got a lot of different ways they can go with this. So let's go ahead and get into this uh, next segment here, which is going to last a while. This is a pretty big deal here. Again, this is uh, episode 31 of the Catfish and Ice podcast presented by DraftKings. Go use our promo code THPN for all new users and go have fun in March Madness and go bet on some of these college basketball games using our promo code. Have a lot of fun with that. We're going to go into our last segment here, and that is how are we how, – if we were GMs, let's put our GM hats on here. Rich doesn't have a hat over there, but we're going to pretend like we're wearing one. But, um, <laughs> but uh, we're going to pretend like we're GMs here. We're going to be armchair GMs, which is what all fans are, honestly. Yeah, uh, We're all yeah. armchair GMs. We all pretend like we could do it better. Mm-hmm. But um, we're going we're gonna to let Rich lead this segment off here. I'm going to put you – I'm going to put you to it. I'm going to make Rich start it off here. Um, how are you going? How are you going into it? How how is your how is your uh, strategy changed for the Preds? Because I know if I was asking you this question three weeks ago, you would say, "Oh, we're heavy sellers for sure." I don't that's what I was getting ready. Yeah. That's, not the case that's what now. I was getting ready to say. Three or weeks ago, I've been like, "Get rid of them all." But <laughs> so we had our we had our you put a poll up, yeah, asking what what we uh, poll. yeah we'll get to the poll, but. Oh, my, I would soft sell. Like at this point, I would, I would, I don't really want to see Granlin go, but you're, he's either going to walk. He might walk at the end of the season. You can't take that chance. I would get rid of Halla. I would, um, I don't, I hate this, but I, you got to see what you can get for Yarncrook. Yeah, and I wish you're going to yeah, get a lot of Yarncrook. You could. Really are. And, and I, I would, I want them to try to figure out a way to keep back home. I just don't. Like, well, if, if the Preds got rid of all four of those guys, then we're not soft sellers. We're heavy sellers. First, well, of yeah, all. that's true. That's true. But, but I think at you, least, could call it, you could call it a soft sell if they got rid of two of those players. I yeah. would call that a soft sell. Do yeah, you, yeah. It's just you know, I would get guys, rid of those those one year guys. Definitely. They would do you be, guys want the uh, the poll results here? Yes. Yeah, guess the poll results. So for the the poll we have here, asking what we should do, uh, we have for buyers at seven point four percent. Stay the course is 14.8%. That's the second highest. Soft sell is a heavy favorite at 74.1%, and then full-on rebuild is 37 Which I cannot believe that full-on rebuild is that low. I still yeah. thought there were going to be people out there who were like, nope, I'm not I'm not convinced. <laughs> I'm not sold. We're slaves of the moment here. Well, we are. I think a lot of it is prisoners of the moment because, like I said, three weeks ago, it was the exact opposite. The Preds were, had lost 6-7. Now, some of that's a product of their schedule. Mm-hmm. They just got done playing the Red Wings and the Blackhawks. But the Blackhawks, hey, the Blackhawks have been really good this year, way better than expected. So that's Beautiful. still an impressive sweep. It is. And, of course, we know how they did on the road trip. So 
It's well, just they, they're doing it against everybody. They talk I mean, like – yeah, go, I was just going to say real quick. They talk like Chicago's in some kind of big rebuild, but, I mean, they've got like well, Kane and DeBrickett and Doc and you well, know, all these the guys. About that, like, <laughs> uh, I think the thing about that is they've been in a rebuild for a while. Yeah, they've got yeah. a lot of good young talent, but I think mm-hmm. it's been poorly managed. Well, for sure, they were they were technically a playoff team the last year. I mean, if people yeah. forget that, but I mean, yeah. granted, the bubble like the bubble is kind of forgettable, anyways. But right. you know, yeah. people forget that. But um, I think the thing is, like, we've been building up the hype because, like, this was the series where it's like, all right, if we can win these two, mm-hmm. we control our destiny. But really, I think the bigger series is the next two games that will determine our fate of what we're going to do. Because with Dallas, when you that look at the standings, in a really good spot. Well, mm-hmm. you need to knock Dallas back because they're coming back because they got more games to play. And so if you give yourself a cushion against them, yeah. that helps. But then you look at the other teams that they have not played as much as the other, the rest of like the bottom of the league. They've not played Tampa Bay and they've not played Carolina very much. And mm-hmm. so they've got more games against Tampa Bay and Carolina, similar to how we started our season. Yeah. And so these two games can help us to say, okay, we've given ourselves some cushion. I think Tampa Bay and Carolina are going to help us out even though they don't really want to. And that gives us a better position to be on soft sellers. But I've actually, I'm looking at the lineup from yesterday and looking at this who's out right now. Um, I've got kind of my idea of where I'd want the lineup to look like during it with the soft sell. So for me, I, I would say I would keep Ellie Tolman, Ryan Johansson, and Philip Forsberg together. I think mm-hmm. th- those are the guys you go with. I think you go with Cal Yarncrook and possibly, I would say, Luke, Luke Cunning with a Matt Duchesne. You trade Mikel Gramlin because he's an undrafted free or an unrestricted free agent. You keep Rocco Grimaldi where he's at. You trade Eric Halla. You move Nick Cousins into uh, the center position, which is not, that's his natural position. And then you put Victor Arvidsson in that third line. And then you keep the fourth line of Yakov Trent and Colton Sissons and Matthew Olivier together. Yes. As far as defense goes, I say Ekholm's not going to get any more. We're not going to get any higher value on Ekholm. I think you got to trade Ekholm as much as we it, love him. Unless you get just a, a colossal offer for Ryan Ellis. That's the only scenario. Yeah. But, I but then take, you, you have to have confidence that Ekholm is going to resign with you because even after this season, he's yeah, got one more think year. That's, I think that's really tricky. I don't know if I, I'm just not ready to go there. I'm well, not ready he, to go there. I think you keep Ellis in. When Ellis is when Ellis is healthy, he is a borderline <laughs> Vesna tro- – or not Vesna, I'm sorry. He's a borderline Norris Trophy mm-hmm. type of player. He really is. I know that some people are not high on Ellis. I know he's a, he yeah. can sometimes be kind of a – Pulverizing, polarizing type of player. Not pulverizing. He can be a pulverizing player too. Which is oh yeah, he guy. definitely can do that. But uh, polarizing is the word I'm looking for there. Uh, sorry, but uh, he's a very. He, uh, there are fans out there who aren't who think he's overrated. I don't think he is. I, the problem yeah. is Ellis has had trouble staying healthy. Yeah, exactly. So That's it's what hard to be said. all about Ellis when he's not on the ice. But when Ellis and Yossi are healthy, they're still one of the best one-two combinations mm-hmm. on the top line defense. So I would prefer to keep them together. Yeah. Uh, but at home. Uh, here's I'm reading between the lines here, but so of course the Preds got David Ferentz signed. Yep. Big deal. It is it's actually a low. It's a pretty big deal that they got him signed because we were not sure that was going to happen. That was not a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so David Ferentz is still playing collegiately. He is definitely a big future of this defensive core. And so suddenly the Preds are like once again like they've always done, building this pipeline of young defensemen. We've got to see Alexander Carrier take the ball and run with it. He is just out there showing out. Ben, Harper, the power play. Yep. ben Harper has proven to be a very viable third-pairing defenseman. I mean, 
suddenly the Preds look really good defensively again, even if you lose Ekholm. So it's like, okay, as hard as yep. it's going to be, I love Eki. I love him. It's going to be hard to see him in another mm-hmm. uniform. I think you got to trade him. I really do. Even with I, yeah. even with you being in this situation where you think you can make the playoffs, it, I think that you can get maximum value out of him. You can get some top prospects. I think there's some teams out there who will give up their top prospects for Ekholm. And then oh. also with the expansion draft, you might oh, lose God. Ekholm anyway. It's a numbers game. The Preds aren't going to be able to keep everybody. Mm-hmm. How hard is it going to be if we turn away a trade mm-hmm. offer for Ekholm, a good trade offer, keep him – we missed the playoffs anyway. For it all happens for nothing, and then you lose Ekholm for nothing, or you lose Ooh, another leaves. player for nothing because you have to protect Ekholm. I just don't like it. It hurts. It's a numbers game. Yeah. T.S. Ekholm has to be traded. He doesn't have to be, but I think that's what's going to happen. It's got to be if they, the, if they make the playoffs, they might get beat. You know, in the first round. So then and, and be, what, what's it for? The then? It's nice then to make the playoffs. Yeah. It's nice to be in there. It's nice to have it those is. extra games. Right. But what does it really yeah. mean? As Predators yeah. fans, it doesn't mean that much. I know this yeah. sounds kind of like, <laughs> kind of like, oh, like an ego type of thing. But we're used to making the playoffs. Our problem mm-hmm. is we can't get over that hump, except for the one time mm-hmm. when we made the Stanley Cup. You know, yeah. so. Um, I, I think I think Ekholm is most likely gone. I think the Preds can make it by without him. I really do. I think that they've got a really good future defensively, and so I think you can you can part ways with Ekholm and get a really good return out of him. And then, like you said, Colin, Michael Granlin's another one that I think you can get a really good return on, and I'll, I would be open to trading. Well, and so my thing, though, is, okay, so i got to counterpoint you there here because we've right. been without Ellis for, you know, what, three weeks now. We've looked pretty good without Ellis. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying that. I mean, the, the thing, it really does come down to well, how does Ekholm feel about Nashville? Because if he wanted to, he could sign an extension today and be here for another six, you know, six or seven years. Ellis is signed until he's about 40 years old or something. And it's, <laughs> his, his contract is ridiculous, but yeah. you know, it, it's, there's a lot of money that's tied up there too. So it's kind of like, you know, yeah, we, we won't get any higher on Ekholm, but at the same time, it's, we're really not really tough spot. And like you said earlier, I don't want to be in, you know, GMDP, like he's got it. He's got it tough right now. I mean, it's a yeah. tough I don't envy him at all. No, nope. I don't envy him at all. But there, I will say, there was a, a, a kind of like a, a fantasy trade that sent Ellis to uh, to Winnipeg. I forget who we got in return, but it was a pretty, oh, yeah. it was that. a pretty good return. If that's how it's oh, like, you that's could you could definitely get a good return on him. I'm not saying that. I think there's a lot of teams that would love to have Ryan Ellis. Yeah, and at the same but, time, like with Fabro, I mean, are we? I mean, I know that we're pretty high on him, but are we like so high on him that we wouldn't expect him? I don't know. It's is, our vo- is our boy C.J. Wodashek up there in Wisconsin listening to this right now? Because we were talking about trading away Ryan Ellis, and he is probably oh, he's probably breaking the computer screen right now if he's watching <laughs> this live thread because yeah. that's his boy. That yeah. is C.J.'s boy. Ryan put, Ellis is his boy. But if you put if you put Ellis up with Ekholm, who would you take? Again, take you, right you now, I take Ekholm. Well, I mean, just just with the track record, I think I'd have to take Ekholm just because he's a little more durable. Yeah, and I heard yeah. that on a podcast. That wasn't my idea. But we, but here's the deal, though: Are we really going to blame Ellis for getting hurt in the Winter Classic? No. I mean, that was like the dirtiest no. play ever. Yeah, I yeah. mean, no. I, when Ellis is healthy, he is such a good player. He I is. I'm not You're about right. it. I, I don't feel I'm not up for it. You're right. But it could happen. Uh, you look at Frank Saravelli's uh, top trade bait list. Uh, this was from just a few days ago. He still had Matias Ekholm at the top of his <laughs> trade bait list, and he had um, Granlund at third on his trade Good. bait list. 
That's, so that's two all. of his top three players are Predators. Yeah. So Over Toronto. Frank Saravelli yeah. is one of those insiders where he talks, you listen, he's got the insider information. So yeah. I think the writing's on the wall. I think Ekholm's gone. You get David Ferentz signed. I think there's mm-hmm. something to that. Yeah. Um, well, and if, I would love for the Preds to get some really good young prospects out of this. Uh, keep building that prospect pull up that's already got a lot of promise. And then you maybe get a draft pick out of it, which I know draft picks aren't always as valuable as they're perceived to be. But um, I just think that's what you got to do right now with Ekholm, as, as hard as it's going to be. But I'm with you guys. I think that they should still be soft sellers. I definitely don't think they should be buyers. Um, I know it's intriguing and it's tempting to say you want to be buyers. Like, let's go out and get that one piece. But let me tell you something. First of all, if the Preds <laughs> were going to be buyers right now, what kind of piece do you think the Preds need that's going to boost them magically to be a Stanley Cup team? What do you, I, if I, if you made me say it, if you, if you really, if you, Chad, you have to make an answer on this. I would say they, they need more wingers. They need more scoring wingers, pure offensive type of players, maybe. But I'm looking down these players, this long list of players out there that are considered tradable. No one's jumping out to me. There's no game changing elite players. And even if there was, what are the Preds going to do? I don't think they're in a position to be buyers right now. I think it comes down to prospects. I think it's your prospect return and who and exactly. how good your scouting department is. But I mean, one thing we're kind of we, we kind of lose sight on is that with all this trade talk, there's also just the the off season's going to be here before we know it. I mean, mm-hmm. realistically, we have virtually the entire taxi squad except for David Ferrance is a restricted free agent, with the exception of Cascasuo, who's an unrestricted free agent. And then you've got guys like Fabro, who's also a restricted free agent. You've got guys like Ben Harper, a restricted free agent. UC Saros is technically a restricted free agent. Yep. L.A. Tolvanen is a restricted free agent. If L.A. Tolvanen wins the Calder Cup trophy, his contract's not going to be you know top forward numbers, but he's going to ask for a little bit more than what he's going oh, yeah. right yeah. now, especially that. after this whole mess of sending him back to the taxi squad, bring him back up because we're trying to save money. He said, you, you want to play cheap with me? All right, let's play now. Yeah, so exactly. We're going to be at a spot where we're having to spend – because we still, we're, we're actually over cap, which is good. We're going to take over – uh, I believe take some cap, uh, some of this cap that we have that's left over in this season to the next season, unless we decide to make a big trade for a big name and eat some cap dollars, which I don't see happening. I don't think we're going that direction at all. But we're gonna have some money to spend next year. But at the same time, we have a lot of guys in our pipeline that need to be, you know, re-upped. And we're gonna be having these conversations with some other veterans too. I mean, even Colton Sissons and some other guys. Well, Colton Sissons actually he signed until Kingdom Come, but <laughs> there's some other guys. Cali Arncroft is not is only an, uh, he's an unrestricted free agent in 2022. So it, it's going to be some of these guys are coming up. I mean, we have to be realistic about what we expect in, in terms of not just this next season or even what helps us this season, but really what's going to help us down the line. But also give these these guys in our pipeline the best value and opportunity because they are looking really good. We have a lot of there's a lot more than just the starters that we have to offer. And so there's a, little, a lot more to packaging, mm-hmm. I think, than what we can really discuss because there's so many different things that mm-hmm. can happen. There's so many variables, especially with the expansion draft. Uh, And I think uh, I'm going to say – I'm about to say two things. I'm going to make two predictions here that's really going to make all Preds fans, like, screech a little bit. Like, if you're in a public place right now (laughs) listening to this, be sure not to scare anyone around you when I say make these two predictions. First prediction is – and I don't think this is a really crazy prediction at all. The Preds are going to lose somebody very dear to us – in the expansion draft. 
It's going to be hard. Yeah. We have too many players. You can't it's protect them all. Too. Yeah. And so that's yeah, what do. this trade deadline is really all about for me is if you're going to lose one of these players to the trade or to the expansion draft anyway, and this is where Matias Ekholm comes comes in for me, mm-hmm. you might as well get something out of them. Yep. And I just don't see how they're going to be able to protect uh, Ekholm. I don't see how they're going to be able to do it for the expansion yeah. draft. And Seattle will take him in a heartbeat. Oh, they would love to have him. He'll be a top pairing defenseman for them. So, exactly. So, I just think that's why I think you got to trade him. And then look at, you know, if anything, if anything, and this is my second prediction that's really going to make people like be like, oh my gosh, if this happens, Chad, you were the worst person ever for making this prediction. I, something tells me that David Poyle's not going to do anything. Mm. I I mean, he's going to stay the course. He's going to say, you know what? I like what I'm seeing here. This, and if I could climb in that guy's brain, and and it, it would be fascinating because this guy's got a lot to figure out here. I could totally see him not doing it. I could totally see there being no fireworks. And then I just mean, let those guys walk at the end of the season? Maybe you see some of these lower-level guys go, maybe. Um, yeah. I've even seen out there – and I'm, this is actually not me making a joke. Normally we make a joke about this player. But they're even talking about Lucas Pisa being moved. And that's, <gasps> that's not a joke. That's actually not a joke. That's a truth story. I mean, I some, people need, some, people so, need, some people need defensive depth with some guys with experience. I mean, I could any, see uh, that. I could, I, but I'm saying, like, I don't see – I could see – I could see it happening where nothing major really happens. Yeah. Like, Granlin stays. Ekholm stays somehow. And Poyle just says, you know what? I'm gonna stick to my guns. I'm gonna ride this wave as long as we can, and that's gonna that's gonna rub some people the wrong oh, way man. because it's then rub a lot of people. because if you go into the play, even let's say you do make the playoffs, what's a first round exit really do for you? It doesn't do that much, really. Yeah, it's yeah. great. You get a participation trophy for making it to the playoffs. Congratulations, you did it again. Yeah. We're used to that. We're used to making the playoffs. We have such higher expectations, and so yeah, it's better than finishing in sixth place or seventh place, like we thought was going to happen, but it really doesn't get us that far when you could have built for your future and invested in your future. So, so soft sellers, I think we're all on board with that. Soft sellers, he, right? Yeah, but I, I got to say, I will say, you know, for GMDP, like his, his thing is how much confidence does he really have in this team and within the coaching staff too, but realistically, like he also needs to kind of think into what is the Seattle GM's mindset as far as the draft goes? Because mm-hmm. when you look at that and then you look at across the league, like who might be protected, who might not be protected, you look at the Predators, and that means if we keep Ekholm, he's probably he might not be getting protected or Fabra might not be getting protected. Or Yonkrope. Or Yonkrope. I would say a bigger name right now that might not be protected that I would predict would could be the guy that's on his way out. And I know this might really upset some people is Mr. Victor Arvidsson. Mm. Yeah, that's very possible. I, I, I actually mean, I think, think he is they, the the I way think, I've looked at the way I've looked at the numbers game, and I'm not saying I'm some expert at this at all. It's actually pretty complicated stuff, so I'm definitely not an expert. But the way I've worked it out in my head, they're either gonna if they protect Ekholm, then they're gonna leave a very good forward unprotected. So that could either Arvidsen. be that could either be Yarncroak, it could be Arvidsson. Uh, but if they go the other route, then they're going to have to leave Ekholm unprotected. So it's kind of like you're it's a you're going to lose either way. You're going to lose someone that's really important to you. So 
I got another crazy like names on the wall connect string connecting the names theory <laughs> for you. And this, this is going to be, I think Landry and, and Mike Twitter are both going to appreciate this. All right. Uh, th- thank y'all for being loyal listeners, but yeah, thank you guys. We, we really appreciate it. There yes, are two players that we need, uh, we need some cap relief from. And those two players have been underperforming, but change of scenery and with an expansion might be too tempting not to take. And that would be uh, Mr. Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson. Matt, Duch- Matt Duchesne centering the Seattle Kraken line. Wow. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure looking at the contract. I don't think that they don't have, I don't think they have protection clauses for that because they don't have uh, nobody, but Pecorine and Romagnosi have no trade clauses. Yeah. And within yeah. that is protection for the expansion. So through, theoretically we could say, Hey, here's the carrot, Ryan, Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne and let them take mm-hmm. them and say, all right, that's eight million dollars off our cap. That makes us not only they can only sets us up for extending all these RFAs and possibly some UFAs. Although I really don't see any UFAs long here, long term. But then it Colin makes us for buyers. president. Landry just yeah. said Colin for president. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that makes us buyers too, though, because yeah. in the off season, yeah. so that's really something that could be interesting. So if you had your choice for those two to go, which one would you want to keep? Johansson or Duchesne? Yep. I think we've already we, we've. Do we already ask that again? We We've asked this like – we always put Juha- yeah. Johansson against Duchesne. That's and right. my answer is actually, gosh, the way Johansson's been playing lately. Yeah. It's kind of like, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, I true. might have to say um, – I, I guess I would have to go Johansson. My answer has probably changed because if you would ask me – because Duchesne was actually playing pretty well. I know he gets so much crap, and I get it. It's deserved because he's got – he's such a big-time, highly talented player – he got that contract and whatnot, but he was actually playing pretty well before, before the injury. He just wasn't scoring as much as people wanted him to score and all that stuff. But um, at this point, Johansson's really been playing well lately. And he, Historically, so, Johansson's got a lot of clout with the, the fan base too because he's been yeah. here longer and he was on that successful run. So I think Duchesne yeah. just hasn't had that moment that Preds fans have really fully embraced him, honestly. And so I think that so let's, I, we have to buckle up for this. We've been saying for a while – Trade deadline's coming. We're right at that two-week mark, aren't we? Yeah. We, we are yeah, literally before it. April 12th. Canada changed the the parameters for the quarantine. So yeah. they have yeah. seven days now. So it's it okay. won't be until like the fifth or something. Yeah. One more but thing still. before we one more thing before we move away from this segment that I really wanted to mention was what I want to get out of this trade deadline is I want us to load up on some more prospects coveted prospects from other teams if we are going to trade. And I want to build heavily around Roman Yossi, Philip Forsberg, Ellie Tolvanen, and the current young players that are playing so well, like Olivier. And and I think that's the core of your team. That's what you want to move forward with. So if you can build even more prospects behind them, uh, top prospects from other organizations, maybe even a starter or two, a depth player, I will stand up, heavy round of applause, be very happy about it coming mm-hmm. out of the trade deadline if you that's what that the Reds decide to do. You want that that's what I think that's kind of what we're all hoping for. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you want that all elite right. pipeline. You want those prospects that are just they're worth their yep. weight in gold. We got to think about the future here because yep. I'm telling you, if we really want to be a, a Stanley Cup contender again, um, of course anything can happen. But I mean like a legit like perceived Stanley Cup contender – then I think we have to really invest in our future. And we haven't done that, quite frankly, in a long time. So it's time to do that. So, all right. So that was a fun segment. I think a lot of good stuff there. We're going to have to wait and see how it all works out here coming up soon. 
This is the Catfish and Ice Podcast, episode 31, with Chad Mitten, Colin Blue, and Rich Howe. And we have to go ahead and talk about the bet. The bet's over. <laughs> the Preds did Bro. it. They won five Man. in a row. I'm the one that's going to hurt more than anybody because my beard is five years in the making. I've only shaved it once in the last five years. You can I get lost you, in this beard. I've trimmed it. I've, I mean, I trim it, but like it's it's thick. It's thick. And it's it's going to be weird. I already feel like it's gone. Like I'm like, I keep feeling for it. I'm, and then I think Rich got off like way too easy. Cause, I mean, I'm sorry. You better, I, I mean, that better be the best mustache. What do you want me to do? Grown. What do you want me but, to do? Um, how can I make Colin, it up to you? I don't know. Colin, how about you update all of our listeners and followers who maybe didn't get the bet originally or yes. maybe they don't know what we're talking about? So get into it. Let them know what's going on here. Yeah. So the the original uh, the bet was that we were so confident the Preds couldn't win five games in a row. Which, granted, five games in a row right now is the, the longest active NHL winning streak in the league right now. So it's hard to win five games. We, in a I row mean, in NHL. yeah, it, it's it's hard. You know, we thought even as the Tampa Bay Lightning, it's a hard thing to do. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, they yeah. So we backed ourselves in that corner. They, I mean, you know, we 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 never we never jinxed it. We never tried to say, well, I hope that. Chicago comes back. We're not those kind of guys. We're true no. to ourselves, true to our team. No. And here we are after the, uh, the the fifth win in a row. So, you know, we got to honor the bet. I, I, I want to say to, to our listeners, listeners, I'm sorry, uh, I'm getting married this upcoming weekend. Uh, my wife and I, we are technically married, but we would not have our wedding uh, this past year because of COVID. So we're getting to have our, our celebration. So the stipulation, and I'm pretty sure it's because I needed my wife to show up that day, um, <laughs> is that I still have the beard for that day. So That's I good. think – I would say I would suggest by that Monday, next next Monday's episode, April fifth. I'll come in. I'll come in after the wedding. I'll be clean shaven except for the little stashy stash here, uh, and we'll we'll rock it from there. And then we can then we can start the growing this back. But yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at with that. So uh, I'm already making my arrangements for making it the best mustache ever. There we go. So uh, I'm making my phone calls around town. I'm like, hey, can you can you uh, groom me up? Can you give me oh, like wow. I'm gonna call Lady Jane's. I'm gonna call sports clips. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do this right. If I gotta do it, I'm gonna do it right. There you and, go. There you uh, go. So I've got to get I've got to get ready for it. So I think it's good to have a week to prepare right now. Um, but I remember, I remember looking when we made this bet. I remember looking at this portion of the schedule and thinking, "There's no if there's a time way. when the Preds no. can win five in a row. Yeah, it's when it's when they play Detroit twice, play Chicago twice, and they got Dallas right there." I was like, okay, that's the only time I could see it happening. I still never thought it would happen, but yeah. sure, sure as hell. That's I thought they'd give at least one up. Yeah, especially with Dallas. You know, I thought that, nope. well, Dallas has been hurt, but I mean, we'll, we'll take it. And we've been who, who, doesn't too. Love, who doesn't love a good bet? It made, it's made it a lot of fun watching it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm ready for it. I know all my coworkers were laughing their asses off at me while I was watching the game last <laughs> night. Um, they were they were pointing at me. There, there's there's a lot of people I know in my life who have never seen me without a beard. Wow. So it, I'm gonna probably scare the shit out of a lot of people. That's funny, but um, you know what? I'm I'm oh, here man. for it. I'm all for it. it. It's gonna be fun. Well, uh, Landry mentioned that we should uh, we can grow all back to the playoffs. I'm I'm all for a full playoff. Oh, my beard's no, gonna be back within no like shaving. two weeks. That's one yeah. thing. I I'm That's gonna have good. a five o'clock shadow by that night. That's good. By the That's next good. Day, so there we go. That is one good thing I got going for me is it will grow back pretty quick. But uh, it's gonna take a while for it to get as thick as it is. Like that will take a while. That's that's a lot of years. But I'm ready for it. 
okay, I'm excited what, about it. At least we're I'll going go into a, the. If well, I was going to say, at least we're going I'll into the. A, uh, we're going into okay. the hotter months of and the humidity months of Tennessee. So that part will be nice because this yeah. it's rough having a beard when it's um, yeah 70% humidity, 80% humidity, and it's sticky and it's whatnot. So that part will be nice. But um, if it'll make you feel better, I'll go get like a Predators logo tattoo on my neck. That make you feel better? Okay, now you're taking it to a whole other extreme. Well, okay, right. so we're saying that the Preds went 10 in a row, we're getting Preds tattoos on our necks. Oh, it wouldn't take 10. I'd probably uh, yeah, I wouldn't, not on my neck. No, I'm not getting one on my neck. You can forget that. <laughs> I thought that's what you said. Well, well, I did, not... but I'm not, I was lying. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I was lying. That's good 15, to know, Rich. 15, I know, right? 15, <laughs> I was joking. How's that? Is that better? I'm joking. 15, yeah. 15 wins in a row, and we'll get Nash uh, as a tramp stamp. How's that? You know what? Oh, I'm not wow. taking any more bets. We're, we're done with this game. <laughs> yeah. because knowing, knowing the Preds just to spite me, they would do it. <laughs> they probably would. Double or nothing. Um I don't need to be torn on the Preds anymore. I just want to see them win no matter what happens. Now I can just put it all aside. That's why I don't like to – that's why it's like sometimes like fantasy sports is like sometimes it's like, oh, man, no. I don't even know if I want to do it because then it makes me not appreciate I, I the game as much. But yeah. um, either yeah. way, I'm really excited about this. That's why I wore the Welcome, welcome to Stashville shirt because it's about to be some serious Welcome to Stashville with us three. <laughs> so – uh Follow along on the podcast at Catfish Ice on Twitter. Thank you to uh, uh, Landry and to Mike Twitter for watching yep. and for the Very comments. Much. We really appreciate you all. Uh, and we got to get ready for later this week because we will be talking about the Dallas Stars matchups. We'll be talking about some other big stuff. So until then, this is Chad Mitten with Rich Howe and Colin Blue. And everyone stay safe out there. Take care of each other. Be kind to one another. Go Preds. Let's see how long we can ride this wave. And until then, we will see you for episode 32 later this week. Everyone take care. See ya. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bolts broadcast, where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neunschwander. Anthony Neunschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know... I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh, no. Jay don't yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was, like, asleep in all of German, too. Oh, you, you, she, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was, like, me and, I don't know, five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible class. <laughs> no, we weren't a terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but, uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network.